podcast. Uh, today is a very special day. Um, if you follow my social media, you uh, would have noticed uh, several days ago or a week ago or a couple weeks ago, depends on how quickly the team gets this podcast out, uh, that I rebooted something I did back in 2008 or nine, I don't recall right this second, on Twitter called Good People Day. Uh, at the time, Twitter was super new. Might have even been 2007, but I think it was 08. Uh, Twitter was, it was 08, thanks Dustin. Uh, Twitter was new, there was something that got very viral called Color Wars, where like every single person on Twitter back in 2008 picked a team. I created the very green team because somebody started the green team before me because of my beloved Jets. And just fun fact, the very green team won. The game was very simple. Who could get the most people to pick their color and make it the background of their Twitter account? It was super fun, it got me motivated. Twitter was a very, very naive Nirvana place back then. There was zero conflict or controversy back then on there. And a couple weeks later I got inspired and said, look, this is a platform that goes viral and does fun stuff. Let me create a day. Let's start Good People Day. I think there isn't enough positivity in the world. I think we focus on the negativity and and that was it. it, was a really fun day, it went super viral-ish. You know, a lot of people, uh, the concept of the day was give a shout out to somebody who you thought was a good person. Super positive, it was super fun, and it was really enjoyable, and it was probably popped up in my mind maybe once or twice since. I, I, don't, I don't think I even, you know, obviously at the time, I'm like, in 20 years this will be huge, and obviously, you know, like many things as an entrepreneur, that one just went by the wayside. And then six or seven or eight, and maybe you guys can remember months ago, these two gentlemen came into, actually this is really fun, we did a conference called VoiceCon at Vayner, and a gentleman, one of the last questions I had during the Q&A, it's so amazing, because you just think about the serendipity of even asking a person in it, was it the last question? It was, yeah. It was? Uh, you know, you even think about the serendipity of like 500 hands going up and who are the three people that get a question, but the last question, a gentleman stood up and um, told me a story about a, a man and, and a, a teacher, and. Something in it just felt super pure and you know, if you follow me, you know once in a blue moon I get motivated and do random shit. and so I said, you know what, I wanna meet that man. Um, I want you to come to my office and bring that man and we're gonna sit down, which maybe you'll mention, but I'm not sure, you know, I probably, I actually think you probably thought that would ha- then happen. And, or, no, no. You're, no, you I thought you were field, skeptical? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we made it happen. Where, when were you guys here last? November. November, so right, five, five six months ago, we sat in this office and I met the gentleman I'm gonna introduce in a minute and uh, it was super, it was everything I'd kind of intuitively thought it was gonna be and during it, I don't recall when, but towards the end I think, it made me, I, I said you know, I want, I want more people to know this, this man and, and more importantly the, um, the son that he lost after only 14 days, it, it's very clear to me that this man that I'm, I'm building it up uh, is on a mission to make sure the legacy of his son that he lost only after two weeks of birth of, uh, lives on. And obviously, one of the great things about building a platform when you're, you know, as much fun as it is when you build a big platform to do things like make more people Jets fans and bring positivity and then silly things like try to sell a little more wine or, or sneakers, nothing will ultimately you know, trump what I think I will be accomplishing over time, which is using the platform to bring exposure to good things. And so I, I hadn't met a person that I thought was so good that it re- jiggered my mind and reminded me of Good People Day. And so we sit here today at 4.34 p.m. Uh, on April 3rd, which is Good People Day according to me, so that's how it is. Uh, and I, somewhere towards the end of November I said, I want you to come back 
and I want to do a podcast with you on Good People Day. And it's fun, right? Like my te- couple people from my team are here. We didn't, you know, obviously some of you may know, um, there was a passing a couple days ago of a, of a gentleman who I was pretty friendly with, very friendly with, uh, Nipsey Hussle, may he rest in peace, and kind of like all the momentum for my April Fool's Day on Monday, this happened Sunday night, our April Fool's content strategy and even Good People Day here on the third middle of the week, kind of lost its luster, and so we put it out today, it's established. If you go back to April 3rd on my social, you'll see people are doing a little something, but I'm excited, because I actually think this interview will build momentum for April 3rd, 2020, and really this is the end of the Good People Day part of this, um, because really what I want to focus on is whatever you want to focus on, (laughs) meaning I would love for you to spend the next couple minutes uh, introducing yourself, and. and introducing the story that you want more people to know in the world. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me, man. It means a lot. Um, I think one of the things that... What's your name? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Richie Swain. Um, Yeah, I'm from North Carolina, and I'm a teacher and a farmer and a a father and um, a lover of the outdoors. And yeah, um, I'm very thankful for this opportunity. I greatly appreciate it. If there's one thing that I would want somebody to hear today, it's this when somebody takes the time to listen to your story it can it can bring healing to to your life and i love listening to other people's stories because everybody's got a story and if you just take the time to listen to it you can actually learn from others stories and i bet you right now i I hope that there's folks listening or watching and and i bet some of those people right now gary are facing their biggest fear or thinking about their biggest fear and I believe that my family is, is living proof that if those fears actually do happen, you can keep living. I think so many people get wrapped up in fear that, that they can't even live their life. But my family is living proof, man, that if that fear does actually happen, you can keep living and you can use your story to impact thousands of lives. And that's what we're doing. That's what we want to do with our lives. And that's what we're, we're going to do with our lives. And I remember when we met back in um, November, I was... And before we transition, let's give a shout out to the third gentleman here because he brought us together. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate this man so much. I had the honor and privilege to teach his son. And um, I'm very thankful for him because it blows my mind that he had the chance to ask you a question and why he thought of me when he was asking you that question. He could ask you any question in the world, but he asked you that question that day, and it blows my mind. Let's give him the mic for a second. Why don't you introduce yourself as well, and why don't you tell us why you asked that question or why that's where you went. Sure, sure. I'm Greg Rand. Um, Richie uh, uh, taught my son in fifth grade. The reason I asked the question was that, um, so my son, was uh, had a really hard time in elementary school and his confidence got blown by a series of, exp- of, of examples of situations. But the worst one was that he had a fourth grade teacher who nicknamed him Tweedledum. And I learned about Tweedledum one day when he came in to me and said, like I asked, I don't know, came up something about, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up kind of thing, right? And he said, well, I wanted to be like you, business guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to work out. You're like, why? F- like, why? He says, yeah. ah, you know, so I'm not smart enough. And he didn't say it. He didn't say it like he was bummed out. He said it like he was just resigned to the fact that, you know, oh, well, you know. Settled in. Settled in, yeah. And so he was, you know, that moment was like, okay, that's not going to work. So 
Uh, we searched for another school, and this little school that he worked in that they didn't have, I mean, you guys didn't have running water for part of the year in that place. I mean, it was a beat-up old building, but I met him, and he said, give them to me. Send them to me. That's what I'm on the earth for, right? I'll turn them around. Uh, and he did. And Richie, you taught fifth grade or you taught multiple grades in that I just, school? I was the fifth grade teacher at my school. So it was just serendipitous. Yeah. Yep. And so long story short, I'm sitting there in the audience at VoiceCon. I, I had anything I needed to get out of that from just listening to all the speakers, listening to you. Um, but I, he was on my mind because I knew that he could do all this. If he channeled what he does in the classroom, what he does person to person, uh, he's got a dream to build this cattle ranch and he needs... He needs income for that. He needs a business yep. opportunity for yep. that. And I said, this is the opportunity. This has got to be it. But I didn't want to push him too hard. And so that's why I asked you, what do you do? And whatever you said to do, I was going to do. Either you could have said, just back off, let him take his time, which case I would have. Or you might have said, go all in and push him. Um, I didn't expect you to say, bring him up. <laughs> all right. Uh, that was a, a really happy surprise. I'm just so flattered that I got to a place in your life that you were actually going to listen. I'm very, I'm, uh, I was just sitting here. I was yeah. flattered. That yeah. was very no, nice. No, it was cool. And so, uh, and th the point is, it's the same year that he lost his son was the year he was teaching mine. Yeah. So it wasn't just, this is all going on. This is all going on at the same time. Uh, and so it just blew my mind that, um, you know, he was able to dig so deep during that same year to help me do something in my life that was so, there was just so many parallels is the point, you yeah, know, of course. my son, his son. Of course. Um, what happened when you guys left here in November, by the way? We had such a touching meeting. It was a really nice we meeting. We went and ran around New York City for a few hours. Yeah. For one thing, yeah. yeah but nice. <laughs> but uh, he called, we called our wives um, and we started making plans to, well, you made a, a point that we should make the film. That's where Nathan comes in. We hired Nathan right around that same time and Nathan made the movie, it came out this morning. Um, no crap. It came did. out this morning? Yeah. I'm in such a touchy mood. I said no crap. I don't think I've ever said no crap. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like I'm losing my cursing. I'm so touched. Keep going. So that's it. So we, we made the movie. Took a while to get it done. He works full time for us now doing the kind of things that you recommend businesses do. Uh, but he took a big a good chunk yeah, of the month sweet. to yeah, make this. And uh, and so that was it. He's been starting to do it. But his, his farm is getting traction now. And... I'll let you talk more about that, about how that becomes the, the, the vessel by which you touch more lives and so forth. And let, let's, let's switch back the mic to you. Thank you, brother. All right. And let's, uh, let's um, cause we, you know, we're, we haven't gotten to this point for everybody who's listening or watching. Let, you know, you allude to, if the worst thing you can ever imagine happens, you can still move forward. We haven't really even gotten to the punchline. You've just alluded to it. I'm sure if we survey every parent that's listening and watching right now, you know, obviously not the kids that don't have kids yet. Uh, when you get to the ultimate question of like, what's the worst thing that can happen? 85% of them is gonna be a guess of mine are gonna say the loss of a child. So that's what happened to you. Yeah, um, my wife and I believed for twin boys. And um, sure enough, the first time around, we uh, were fortunate enough to have twin boys. They came uh, three months early. One more time. Just for my, I don't think I remember this part. You're telling me that you and your wife, pre-children, arbitrarily or like randomly or whatever, you guys literally put into the universe that when we have our first children, we'd prefer them to be twin boys. We just believed it with all of our heart, man, that <laughs> desire in us. I'm, I'm sorry to laugh. I'm like, you know, mainly because it's like, it's so powerful and I so believe you. And at the same token, like I think about audience, like it, that's so powerful and it's crazy at the same time, you know? Yeah, we, we just Did believed... Did either one of you have twins in your family? No, and that's why we knew it would take a miracle. And uh, that's exactly what we saw happen. And I'll never forget the day that they were born, and I'll never forget the day that um, 
we you, guys, also, you guys knew twin boys were on the way, though. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, we did. And uh, to, you know, the big trend now is not to find out. That's like the character right. move. No, I'm no, fascinated by that. My 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 brother doesn't know. He's expecting his second really? in two weeks. Doesn't know. Yeah, Go ahead, I apologize. No, uh, so. To talk about miracles, we just kept seeing miracle after miracle happen from um, from us being able to conceive twin boys to we also wanted to see them holding hands in the womb, and we got to see that on video through an ultrasound, and we still have that video. It was just miracle after miracle, and they they were born on Valentine's Day. They were born three months early. They they weighed less than three pounds, and I got to hold both of those boys, and um, I got to kiss them. And we have one picture of us all together. My wife was holding one of them, and I was holding the other one. And so I, I tell myself that I did get to experience that miracle. And I, I was, um, it, it is about perspective. And I feel like I, there's a select few people in this world that will experience watching their children breathe their last breath here on earth. Yep. And um, it it changed my life. It really did. It changed it. Um, you you knew Gunnison was in trouble right away. No, he was born. Um, they were born early. He had a heart murmur, which is very common yes. for um, babies in general, That's even right. though he was premature. And so we believed that the heart murmur would be healed, and it was healed. The doctors gave him some medicine to heal the heart murmur. Uh, a couple of days later, we found out that. One of the very rare side effects to that medicine is a disease called NEC, which is an infection in your intestines. And so he got that disease, and they they operated on him at 14 days old. And we kept believing. You know, we had seen so many miracles happen in our lives. We were like, well, this is just another miracle that's going to happen. And so we believe that. we chose. It's a, it's a choice to it's believe. It's a choice. Life it, is a perspective. Yes, you're, yes. Like, I, you know, you're preaching to the choir. Like, <laughs> I genuinely believe everything happens, and you either decide— that this is an adversity that's going to lead to promise or that this is the thing that ruined your life. I, 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 believe, I believe in perspective. I believe in optimism. I genuinely believe that optimism is the ultimate drug in our society. I also, just who I am, want to make sure that people understand there's a fine line between optimism and delusion. Yes, sir. I think that's where people have lost their way with optimism. They've confused it sometimes with delusion. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Nonetheless. Yeah, so we, we, we chose to believe for that miracle, and the doctors operated on him. They came out and told us that it went well. So we, we had we another were, miracle. Yeah, and then in the coming hours, they told us, you know, that his body had gotten too toxic, and um, we got to spend a little bit more time. And even at the very end of his life here on earth, I still, in my heart, believed that he was he going to figure it out, that, that he would be healed. And I, I believe to this day, that um, he has a new body and a, and a better home. And that's, that's my choice. And I, I, I choose that because I feel like that's the only choice I can have. Of course. And, um, so then my wife and I still have a, our other twin boy, <laughs> Sterling, who is, um, I don't know if I mentioned their names were Sterling Odell Swain III and Gunnison Strait Swain. And Sterling's still in the NICU, and he's still, you know, he was still in there fighting for his life, and he spent 67 days. And then after that, my wife had this. My wife and I both had this, this strong desire for a lot of kids, and we didn't let the loss of one keep us from right. believing in that. And so the next year we had. So they were born on Valentine's Day. The next year we had our next son. His name is Riser Gray Swaim, and um, he was born on Thanksgiving, another holiday baby. And then just this past year we had another little girl, and her name's Montgomery Sky Swaim. And I'm just I'm you guys honored. Going to keep going. 
Yes, sir. We'll have as many as they'll as we, <laughs> as we they'll can. Have. Yeah. Yep. So I appreciate you listening to that. It means a lot. I really appreciate it. So um, we 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 have this this farm that we live on, and and um, about the time that that Gunnison passed away, we, we started oh, on his marker. It says Gunnison Strait Swaim, February 14th, 2015, February 28th, 2015. And on the very bottom, it says impacting thousands of lives. That came to my wife and I after he had passed away because we knew his 14 days here on earth was going to impact thousands of lives. And it is, it has, and it will continue to do so. so. Educate the audience. When we get a chance to share our story with other people, I think that it helps other people heal. And when, when and where did you initially start sharing? At school, it, at church, at community, school, at, at friends, like yeah, what? school, church, friends, just anybody that was willing to listen. That was willing to listen, and it wasn't like we had to go and open the doors. It the doors were being opening were opening for us, and so we were walking right through them and 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 doing it and um, giving our time to to causes such as NEC March for Dimes, things like that, because that was also us volunteering our time was allowing us to heal as well. So it was it was a good thing, and we we have we live on a farm in the country in North Carolina, and, and we want to take what we feel like we've been blessed with and given, and use that as an opportunity for people to come there and make memories and impact lives that way. Um, I, I told these guys not too long ago I had a dream. And I saw a bunch of kids running down on the river bottom. A bunch of kids just running on that river bottom. And I saw cabins up on the hill. I won't... I won't <clears throat> it, it burns inside of me, man, like nothing else, to see people's lives impacted. And I got, a, I got a good reason for that. I got something driving me, just like you have something driving you as well, I believe. And um, I guess people can take their families anywhere in the world you know, and have a, the opportunity to make a memory. And you'd prefer it to be on your farm? Yes, sir. I do. because. And so what's been happening since we met in November? We were talking about different things. I remember there was a story about, like, the community helping build the fence or something. Like, that excited me. Yeah. R- remind me of that a little bit? Yeah, uh, sure. Well, um, there's a lot of parents that he, whose kids he taught Yep. that have a... Uh, have a lot of love for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so when he's been going back after leaving school at 3 o'clock, whatever, driving an hour back to the... To the farm and working on the stuff on his own and so one of the parents threw a, a flare up and i don't know 30 or 40 of us showed up and we finished up the fence which like three hours of that i was looking for like a two-week nap i don't do <laughs> manual labor that well but uh but i was real proud of having help everyone's a that. tough guy until they work on a farm <laughs> until for they a day. Putting, yeah putting, digging yeah. post holes um and uh and so we got a chance then to get really a good, a good feel for the land and the property and he's filled me in and taught me a lot about being a cattle farmer and understanding how that whole process works. Um, what, the one thing that you didn't say when you talked about who, who and how you shared your story, he began sharing on, sharing on Instagram. He began flipping the camera on and being on the, on the tractor and just talking a little bit. Why does that come natural to you, Instagram? Like, that threw me for a little bit of a loop. You're a good country boy, you know? And uh, the Instagram content thing, like, that excites me. Like, and, and listen, you're, you, you know, even just listening carefully the last time and now this time, th- you're clearly an incredible communicator. It's probably why you're a big time teacher. I'm sure you've known that about yourself in some ways, right? When I was growing up, I was, I was extremely shy and uh, it kind of still takes me back sometimes now to think that I'm standing up in front of kids and a bunch of people at times. And, and When did you first know that you were good at it though? For real, just curious uh, for my own self. 
Probably when I was 18. What happened? I was just, I was being, get, doors were opening for me to, to, to be in front of people. And, and, and Through what platform? Um, well, I used to work on a ranch up in Virginia, and um, through that ranch, we would do rodeos and trail rides. And, and so that's what happened. Just, yeah. yeah, I was up there. Um, that's the answer. That opportunity. You so. got you got a picture that when he's being he's mild mannered right now when yes. he's doing the teaching thing. He's got he's a off the charts. Lasso in there in the classroom. Yeah. He's got chaps up on the wall. Listen, it's fifth like, graders, oh, are, you got to really pull it out <laughs> to get their attention. Like I think I'm at my most juiced when I talk to like junior high kids. I'm like, this is a tough audience. I got to yeah, really bring it. Keep, yeah. I curse. They love it every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like that. that's a cheap trick. He's really doing it. Yeah, I, I had um, guys like you and, and Greg and even my wife, who's one of my, my biggest supporters, um, and she's, she's a beautiful lady. I'm, I'm honored to be married to her, um, encouraging me to do this. And in the beginning, like me showing what I was doing after I got home from work, um, being on the tractor. And I think what I, I really like about that is – I'm showing I'm showing videos of what I'm doing on the farm, and I got my kids right next to me. And um, what I've come to realize with that is, I used to kind of sometimes think about it's going to take me about an hour longer to do this because I got two kids, kids. Yeah, I got two kids sitting here with me. You don't and, need them falling off, <laughs> right? No, yeah, gotta be careful. But then I started realizing that this is what I'm, I need to be doing. I need to slow down. I need to have them on the tractor with me. I need to be teaching them how to do this so that one day that desire will burn in them hopefully as, as well. And I saw it as an opportunity to, to pour into my kids. Cause I pour into other kids, you know, other, other parents, kids all the time, you know, being a teacher, but um, I want to be able to pour into mine as well when I get home and, and making those memories with them on the farm is, is pretty special. Try to be empathetic to the crowd who's listening and watching right now. What, um, what do you want them to think about? Hmm. On, on a good people day. Man, that's a good, that's a good you know, question if somebody said, a good person. You know, if somebody said to you, listen, it's an important question because I think about it all the time. I, I think about things like this. I think about modern technology and one day me playing this all out. I actually believe what I'm about to say. I believe there will be a moment because of the way my career has been framed and what I'm up to. No different than you picturing kids playing on your farm. I genuinely believe there will be a moment in my life where I will have the audience of the entire world. I really believe that. I, I believe that, too. and I don't mean in, in sparse moments. I don't mean that over the course of 30 years of content creation that I'll be able to get to everybody. I mean in a singular moment that for some reason intuitively I believe there will be a platform that comes along over the next 20 to 50 years that I will get an at bat for a minute, I, I, this is where it gets hazy in my daydreams, but I, I feel like I address the world. I do. I feel like some version of a pay-per-view, like, you know, I think Live Aid or something. I'm trying to think about the things that have happened in the past that have gotten similar. And, you know, there's a part of me that, you know, no different than dreaming up twins, which is like still got me rocked. There's a part of me that, I'm sure there's a part of you that when you guys dreamt that up, that if the doctor came and said, it's a girl and it's a single girl, you would have been like, that's amazing. To, like, it's yeah, not like, right. I think one thing that people confuse ambitions and dreams with is what happens when they don't happen. I love ha having them and I'm super comfortable when they don't happen. Yes, sir. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't know what this vision I've had is of like me addressing the world for seven minutes, but I weirdly think it's gonna happen or some version of it. And in that, I always ask myself, what are you gonna say? Mm. 
You've got 7.8 billion people. You're gonna speak in English. It's gonna translate to native tongue because of languages. And in five minutes, you are going to talk to the entire world. The hell is gonna come out of your mouth? Now, the answer is, especially what's happened with me over the last decade, I realize I don't know. Because the reality is, what I talk about has continued to evolve as I've continued to evolve. But in a very, 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 very micro version of that, on this platform at this moment, what do you want them to know? I, would, I think I would want them to know that investing into others is the best investment you can make. Into yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, investing into others, investing into yourself. Have you thought about what admiration tastes like? So this is now a left field question. I don't know why what you just saying that made me ask you this, but investing in others is the best investment you can make. I add on for yourself. Yes, sir. Which then leads me to when I look, you know, I'll, actually, this is very meta having you in the room. There's only one reason I said I want you to bring him up there. I rarely see that level of admiration. I know what admiration looks like. It is the reason I'm addicted to making content. I don't need fame. If I needed fame, I wouldn't have gone into my daddy's liquor store to help him. I would have moved to Los Angeles to be a movie star. That's what you did in 1994. <laughs> I, never, I, I never made a piece of content I was 31 years old. I was not chasing fame. As I started evolving, things I was doing were creating admiration, which is what I think gets teachers high. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. When you brought him up, it was instant for me. I was like, another human to admire somebody, which is what led me to Good People Day. You were the face for me of the reboot of Good People Day. You were as good of a person as I can think has crossed my path in a very long time. I genuinely believe it. I'm actually sitting here a little bit anxious of like, who the am I gonna put on next year? <laughs> I actually sat here and said, wait a minute, like literally in this, this is now me just sharing with my audience. Um, I'm like, man, this should be my podcast. Like instead of doing what, like I've been wanting to do more interviewing, but I, don't, I put out, I, I often make the joke like my podcast I feel proud of because I put out content, everybody else interviews people, that's easy. One of the things that just ran through my mind is like, this is the pot, if I interview people, this is who I want to interview. Not people that everybody knows, right? Yeah. I just want to interview good, pure good, like real pure good. Because there's a lot of disguised good there's a lot of disguised good. I just genuinely think you're pure good. And I appreciate that compliment, sir. Admiration, answer it for me, because I'll tell you why I'm asking you. Because humans, I think one of the things that makes me so consumable is I'm unbelievably comfortable in all my selflessness, I'm unbelievably comfortable speaking about my selfishness. And I think every human is wired that way. Now, some people want a Lamborghini and some people want admiration. They're very different. And neither are right or wrong. You know, I think a lot of people when I razz on Lamborghinis and I'm not judging them. I don't like that they're selling that lifestyle for their own self-interest and I want to make sure people understand the framework. But you can have anything you want. It's, this is America. That's, you know, like do you. My judgment means zero. I just have come to realize, my God, I do everything because I like admiration. I like to be admired. It feels nice. Do you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's it, it is nice to to be admired. Do you consciously understand that question? Um, has that crossed your mind? No, it hasn't. But as I'm framing it now, you're, does it make sense? Yes, sir, it does. Okay, so now let me stop because I apologize that I'm side railing this, but this is something I want to f- figure out. 
if I'm right, and again, what's so fun about doing content, what am I gonna say in 40 years? I don't know because I know the word admiration hadn't come out of my mouth for the first 13 years. Like, I don't think the word admiration's come out of my mouth prior to 18 months ago. Twelve, like this is a, an, so you we, figured yourself out you can't, we all do. No matter how self-aware I am, we continue to go through it. I realize, I'm like, the reason I'm zeroing in here right now when I'm breaking the interview is I'm like, okay, I'm a good guy. He's a great guy. We may need to really start talking about admiration. What if admiration's the framework for a better world? What if we actually talk about the selfish selfishness of wanting admiration as a framework to all the selflessness that can go on in the world? And how do we look at that as a wonderful thing, not as narcissism? Yeah. yeah it actually reminds me, it reminds me of why capitalism works, right? Self-interest economically causes people to create things they wouldn't have otherwise created, which the benefits end. lots of other people. The end. You just spin it around to emotion. The problem with capitalism, and I'm the biggest capitalist, is what happens to the old lion. Mm. What's, hap- what's manifested in America with capitalism, which is why it has cracks of vulnerability, is then people want to change the game when they're old and no longer, they're in preservation right, mode. That's yeah. right. Self-interest when your building's amazing. Right. Self-interest when you've done building and you want to tear down everybody Texas. else's building so that, they, got it? Yeah. That's the evolution that I'm upset with. Athletes retire. Right. Entrepreneurs try to make up rules through politics. That's where it's become vulnerable. Nonetheless, we're not gonna get into that subject. I wanna use the last couple moments and minutes to, you know, obviously, you, I'm sure you give a lot of thought to this and this has been, a, you know, what have we not covered? What would you like to, you know, what have, what have, you know, what have we not, co- you know, whether it's Gunnison, like, what have we not covered? I've got one if you want to think about it for a second. Go ahead, sir. Please. To, to be selfish on his behalf because he doesn't have it in him. Um, I think that people coming to his farm for every person that actually gets there, there's 100,000 people that can get there by virtue of the internet. They can get there by virtue of what he does on throw, Instagram. Throw some right hooks for him. Like, let, let's get back to that punch. Yeah, I, we, want, we want to document the building of this farm. There's no cows on the farm yet. He's got cows there on his parents' farm. He needs to get them there. He's got to build infrastructure to be able to do that still. And so the thought has occurred to us, we've talked a lot about it, that it would be, re- he's got a bull. It's, this <laughs> is a farm, this, this is a first, this is really interesting stuff. By the way, I Faith. hate the Chicago Bulls, especially you, Michael Jordan. Go ahead. <laughs> Phase one farming for cattle is birthing calves. That's the first phase. There's no slaughtering going on on his farm, right? It's all birthing. So there's a bull, there's a bunch of heifers, and there's a bunch of calves. The bull has no name. We want to name the bull. I said, Gary, name you yet. need to name the bull Gary. I mean, this is super thinking, simple. We were thinking, he, he suggested D-Rock, but that's <laughs> makes point. sense. He's a hero. Freaking built in. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. But the idea that there are... What, do you want to get a sponsorship deal for the bull naming? No. I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I like, I that's where I'm going, going by the way. Pay t- I think a lot of people, a lot of people grow up. Make this practical for me because I have a... Fu- Listen, I have not put out a lot of content like mm-hmm. this. My intuition, and I see it every day, is I have a remarkable community because of what, the framework I've created. Uh, I have a funny feeling something's about to happen right now where like a lot of people watching and listening are gonna really give a crap and wanna do something good. Okay. Make it, instead of just pure oh, Here's the right charity, hook, very specific. Yeah, give me, All right, we made, let, we me made understand every, let me understand every right hook that's practical in the business of a farm, because I don't know. Okay, so first, we made a film. Nobody's yeah. seen it yet, it came out this morning, okay? Where, how, where can they see it? Uh, we can get it to you and they can get it. That I'll share, but like just for the, are you putting it It's in on his Facebook page, Impacting Thousands of Lives. It's, it's gonna in, be there when, by the time this comes out. Facebook.com slash Impacting Thousands of Lives? Correct. Is there yeah. a dot com? That's the name of your page? Yeah, it's just, um, 
Yeah, it's on Instagram too. Uh, well, that, I have an Instagram page, impacting thousands of lives. Is the thousand the number thousand? Like impacting nope, it's the word. now. It's the word. Jesus Christ, you couldn't come up with a longer name. <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna have to do some branding. You like you're gonna teach time. me how to make hay. I'm gonna teach you how to brand properly. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I'd, I'd love Go to ahead. teach you that. Go I ahead. just want people to follow the progress. Okay, if, if 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 anybody out there grew up wishing they could spend a summer on the farm, what about with yeah, What about the people that live within a four hour drive? Because I've Bunch of road trip people about to do this. Impacting thousands of lives on Facebook and Instagram. Make contact with them. Is there a dot com? Not yet. Okay. No. I love that. So and just so straight up to the social People platform. coming to your farm is good how? What do they buy? What do they do? Well, we've already had people come to the farm, which is awesome. We started sure. that last year. My wife had um, maybe 20 or 30 women come out there. They all had this common thing that they, it was these fashion well she would probably be mad at me if i said fashion bags but it was something called nina whatever that is but it was these fancy guatemalan bags and so all these women came out and we just hosted them and we took them on hay rides and we had like a bonfire going for them and they were just having a great time and is that a business you're in now like, no do people get okay so what about the business like how does the farm make money Right now, the, the way that the farm makes money is this year I, I started selling hay off the farm. And then I have five cows right now. Do and you the, ship hay on the internet? Because I have a feeling <laughs> a super fan of mine in, in like Oklahoma is going to be like, I want the hay. I just. Yeah, so our barn is empty, which is which is an awesome blessing. Like I mean, we, you sold all your hay. We sold all our hay from you this year. You bought some hay? He doesn't have any have animals. No <laughs> Come on, you need to buy on. one bushel. I even knew it was called a bushel. I'm proud of it. <laughs> so, what else do you so, so it's bale. Thank you for calling me out. But um, the other thing that we do with five cows, they hopefully have five calves each year. So you sell the calves. We sell the calf at five at five hundred pounds. Do you ship the cows? No. Calves. Well, they just go to they go to the livestock market, or an, another farmer close by will buy them right off the farm, which is which is really nice. Yes. So how else does the farm make money? Um, right now, that's it. It's selling selling five calves a year and selling hay, which is something that we started this so year. What are you thinking about, businessman over there? Uh, I'm thinking that the world's full of people that wish they grew up on a farm, and if we get people to start paying attention, the farm is not a full-blown business. It's got no consumer-facing piece to it. So, but you're thinking that? I'm thinking that people following you know what I'm thinking? and watching. I'm thinking about businesses like VaynerMedia doing their company off-site at the farm yeah. around getting off out of the office and under a framework of good. And not cushy... Luxury. It's yeah, not like you're going to be digging. Uh, would you dig some What do they call that camping? Like glamping, right? Like this glamorous <laughs> camping. It's we got some time to get to a place. People where don't know right. my backstory. I think maybe in the Empathy Wines video, I talk a little bit about where I grew up in Jersey. I'm playing a little dumb here. Like I literally, literally dug pig <laughs> out of a farm on Saturdays because my dad had two random pigs. Like my dad was born in the old country. We had two cows, we had two pigs. My high school year, I grew up in Edison, but then we moved in eighth grade. So my high school years were in Hunterdon County, New Jersey, that look a lot more like your North Carolina than people. <laughs> people don't realize there's parts of Jersey's that gets real country. The first week in school, the second week in school, I apologize, I just came to this new school. My homeroom in Edison was bigger than my entire eighth grade class. I come into school the second week of the year, there's not a single guy in the school. I literally think I'm dreaming. I literally do. <laughs> then I quickly think I'm not dreaming because I'm. I understand I'm not dreaming. I literally thought that there was some weird, like backwoods rule that guys didn't have to come to school. I get into homeroom and I go, Mr. G, where are all the dudes? He goes, It's the first day of hunting season. What are you doing here? <laughs> so that's like I know. Like I agree with you. Like a lot of who I am. I talk about the liquor store. I rarely talk about the pig. 
and like all the other work, like hard work matters. It matters. Yeah, I wanna just turn the thing into a full-pledged corporate offsite because companies will pay 10,000 bucks just to hang outside for three days. <laughs> you know, you wanna talk about good business? Yeah. yeah, yeah, everyone's soft. Everybody in this city needs I to go to that bar. from the, the one day. <laughs> So you sell hay and five calves? Yes, sir. That's well, that's. We need, what, to, we need to build a bigger scalable business. I think. Yeah, that would be that Good. would be wonderful. I, <laughs> I won't like hearing you talk about you know bringing having having people come there and yeah. and and be re-energized or be calmed down, yeah. whichever that I, I would love to have places for those people to stay in so that they can like, man, I I, I bring my school kids up there. So we take that's the end of the year field trip. My fifth grade class comes up to the farm. It's it's what they look forward to the most. And as a dad and as a teacher and as just a good old country boy, there is nothing that I enjoy more than seeing a kid catch their first fish on the farm. You know, like the excitement of, and I almost, I would hope that almost everybody in this room would say, I remember the first time I caught a fish. I do. And it was, it was though was, there were these little sunfish that were right by the edge of the water and I was just racking it up yeah. came home told my mom I caught 39 fish but really I still feel like a catfish I caught later that year was the actual first fish yeah but you will never forget that memory nope. and that's what my family is so so um Jason you ever catch a fish <laughs> dust it's okay man don't <laughs> fit Got it. Good. No, that's just what we're so passionate about. Even as a family, like we we focus more on making memories than anything else. That's us, and and I want to be able to do that for so many other families out there. Is I have a place for them to be able to go and make memories that will last a lifetime. Because you don't forget those memories, and they're what make you into the the men and women that I believe you're supposed to be. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. <laughs> Thank you for your time, man. I really appreciate your Anything, time. Any last parting shot thoughts? Good. Sasha Group could have their first offsite over at the at the ranch. Yeah, listen, it's <laughs> aggressively running through my mind. I'm super late on figuring out VaynerMedia's 10th anniversary strategy. I don't know if we. Uh, how long is a bus ride to North Carolina from New York? Oh man, I couldn't even. I'll tell you from here. Eleven. Yeah, right about there. Nice, I nailed it. Yeah. I got the bushel thing wrong, but I got the hours on the on Route 95. I once drove an RV from Boston to Florida during college for spring break. It's one of the most ridiculous stories I have. I have to start remembering some of the memories, but I've got the whole East Corridor drive kind of contextually down. Uh, I thank you for sharing your story. Yes, sir. I thank y'all for listening to it. It means a whole lot. Have a great day. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world, and I mean the world. If you could go and leave a rating on iTunes, your word of mouth is my oxygen.